reviewing this episode, we realized that there may be activating details for some audience. Discretion is advised for all listeners. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Janelle. And I'm Concessia. Welcome back to Cake Face. Today's episode episode (laughs) is going to be about uh, survivors. Yes. So, for I think we all are at some point in our lives had to survive something. But I think that for both of us, like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, our individuality, intersectionality, we definitely have some things to kind of things that we learned. you know, during those transition periods where we had to survive something. Um, let's start. All right. Starting from when I was like, like childhood, I feel like I didn't have very much obstacles to kind of um, overcome, except when I was like in middle school. In middle school, I started to get, you know, interested in guys and stuff like that. And I had some bullying that happened, like, towards me um, from older girls at the time and I think that's something that I consider that was an obstacle that I survived Mm -hmm. Um, also my parents um, my parents were separated around those times and so that's something that was really hard for me as well and you know they had a business which is a convenience store back home and I kind of was like um, like their main employee, so mm-hmm. there's that. They kind of um, so it was child labor, okay? Okay, yeah. it depended on you as yes, well. Pretty much, I was I was the third parent, and I think that for a lot of people, um, that's relatable. But for me, it's something I had to survive. Yeah, <laughs> you. I feel like you survived quite a lot of obstacles in your life. Actually, you're a mother of two. Yeah, I think that um, uh, when talking about like that convenience store experience, I think that I particularly find it something that I had to survive because of one incident only. It was one night my uncle, my no, my grandpa's friend. I didn't know he was his friend, right? He came over the store and he was threatening me about. Oh, how he's gonna cut my my grandpa's ear and give it to me as a gift. Like, okay, that's was, some Van Gogh shit right that there. That was that was that was scary and dark. And also, I didn't know he was joking because he was drunk. I had no idea. I didn't understand. I was maybe, you know, 10, 10 11 No, maybe younger. Maybe nine, ten. Right. Yeah, around those those ages. So I definitely had no comprehension comprehension whatsoever of that kind of joke. Right. 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 And that's that. So it's just been really tough on you since. No, that was since you traumatizing. Were, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just especially um, you grew up with um, any siblings. No, I mean I would see my siblings like during vacation and whatnot. It wasn't particularly traumatizing for me mm. as it was for my mom. But, gotcha. But it was it was chill. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to add on to... I feel like you have a lot of survivor stories. I think I know one that was kind of pretty big and life-changing. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I had bulimia. I actually had bulimia when I was in high school. I think I had it the hardest when I came from the Philippines. Because I just... I don't know. Um, for every immigrant who can relate to this, I don't know. 
we had snacks over there. The snacks there were, were fine. It was yummy, but it was different. Um, you know, here you have those candies that you never really get to have as much as back home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like pretty much, I just feasted. I fucking full mouth fisted my mouth. Full yeah. mouth fisted my mouth. What? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I yeah, I ate okay. whatever the fuck I wanted when I got here. And yeah, my mom started saying shit like, well, it's Asian mom, right? Stereotypically, mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you're getting fat. Every three pounds that you add to your body, she's like, oh my God, da da da. You're getting weight, da da da. And then so I started binge drinking on the weekends and throwing it up, like reaching towards my throat to throw it up. How old were you? How old were you? I was 14. You're 14. Okay. Yeah, I was 14. And I remember it was something of the, it was the message was if you're bigger, no one will like you, which now I know is not true. Yeah. But, no. Yeah. I don't know why all Asian parents, the that's most common. Yeah. yeah most likely in Asian culture you have to be um, thin yeah the ideal fan yeah you know not just saying? like you can't have a curvy, curvy waist or like yeah or a big bum or you're considered fat but in their eyes it's not fat it's like like yeah. oversized or like um, what is it obese yeah in their, eyes. in their eyes at the same time like looking at my family my family body type right it makes sense for me to be slim yeah yeah so there's that you get what you get mm-hmm. something for me that i've survived um i've survived cancer twice yes so i had childhood cancer i was about 12 13 that's when i had my first diagnosis um i had something called bone cancer it's what terry fox has had um (laughs) i literally didn't know not know anything about bone cancer before and i was like literally praying like my 12 year old me like i was like okay osteosarcoma what the fuck is that i was praying to god because i all i know like in school Mm -hmm. you learned about terry fox right and terry fox run and all that i was praying to god i'm like oh my god but they didn't really touch into the details of it no 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 they didn't Mm -hmm. all i knew was like they had to amputate my leg mm-hmm. and uh, I knew from the story from what I learned in school from Terry Fox's he had a prosthetic leg mm-hmm. and at that point I'm not 100% it is the same I think yeah it is the same as Terry Fox and um, all I knew is that he had a fake leg and he ran the country basically yeah yeah, that's what I know. Yeah. He looks pretty cool in pictures. That's, that's what I know. He looks pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I never wanted to be like Terry Fox with a fake leg. Of course. Like, like congratulate to him for running across country for, for, sure. for us. And, yeah. you know, being a legend that he is now. Mm-hmm. You know, me, couldn't do it. But as a 12-year-old, right? As a 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's something that you would never expect. And that must be so devastating. Like, it was find so out. devastating. Yeah. Like, I miss like my first like grade high school you know my first in high school i it was i was homeschooled and or i was getting um what is it school work from the hospital i would have like a teacher come in and help me but after me just getting all this chemotherapy and all that my mind is literally all like blurred up and it's just mm-hmm. it was lonely it was it was really hard i didn't know what was what my body was doing to me yeah 
and um, so it was it was a big struggle for me. I had to really learn how to walk again, all that um, baby steps, and also judgment. Mm-hmm. Like thirteen. 14 and then going to grade nine going going back to grade nine like halfway through the semester it was really hard I had to wear a wig I didn't feel like I fit in I came in in the middle of the school year yeah it was it was quite tough I guess like around those times you were going through puberty as well right yes I was so it's that that must have been stressful yeah I, I felt like a little bit of a delay too during that time because like I felt like mm-hmm. well I'm on chemotherapy I don't have I didn't have my period and all that right okay. that, that thing so everyone else was getting it and you feel like you're kind of left out yeah and at the time I don't know um, um, in high school everyone thought it was a joke to scope so mm-hmm. whenever I would say oh I'm a cancer you're a Libra you're a Taurus you're a Virgo whatever they go oh ho, ho, you're a cancer you have cancer I don't know why that was a joke back then in high school because and it, it actually like yeah kids are assholes I, that's I was, why like so hurt but I was like yeah I, yeah I'm a cancer girl but I also have cancer, but you don't know that. You are definitely stronger than I am. I would not have the wall up yeah, to the that, reaction. That, it was really, really scary. And half the time, people didn't know I was wearing a wig. Um, people tried to pull my wig off, but mm-hmm. they didn't know it was my hair. I'm not my hair. So half the time that I'm just like catching on my wig before it like slipped off and Caillou, here I am. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. That reminds me of Caillou. That's actually my niece's favorite cartoon. She's kid. That's so funny. I was like watching it and I was like, this is depressing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for a long time, I never thought that um, I survived cancer because I was just bedridden. I felt like all the nurses and doctors were the one who was helping me. But mm-hmm. you did a very good explanation to me the other day, Janelle, that... You are a survivor. You consent to getting those treatments. Yes, you know? this is a decision to fight for your life. And you did it. I did it. I'm going to own it now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could have just been like, no surgery. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll get yeah. my leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you could have been... Like, I was there, really there like There were so that. many could-ups, right? Uh, yeah. I was so defeated, day. though, because I yeah. really did not want to go into surgery to get my leg amputated even mm. but i had no say because i was 12 13 at the time yeah and my mom had the rights to sign off you know the surgery and stuff i remember the very the day i was supposed to go into operation i was still like fighting myself on it like i'm not going to lose my leg i'd rather die than to lose my leg because i don't know what to do what my life is would be like would be like yeah you know and guess what i had no say my mom signed the 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 forms i already delayed my operation for already two months Mm -hmm. i was close to death because if i don't remove that part of my of my leg it will spread Mm -hmm. so obviously my mom had tried her best to find a chinese um, doctor with all the, her- the the nasty medicine and then the patches that he had gave me to the point where my leg was almost like rotten. It's traditional medicine. Yeah, it, it's the traditional medicine, mm-hmm. but it just got to the point where it was like I got worse and worse every day. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, I remember the day of the operation. I was I was still fighting myself, fighting everyone that I don't want to do it. They wheeled me to the operation room, and like when the when the operation was done. I felt that something was missing, obviously. I did not want to look down. I already knew what was going on. Yeah. I felt numb. You had to grieve it, right? It's a it's, loss, yeah. right? It's so... Sometimes, till this day, I still grieve it. Yeah, it's a golden it's, cycle. It's, yeah. You know, I'm... I'm happy at the fact that I have survived that chapter of my life. For sure. Um, but, you know, deep inside, it's, it's still something that... I, I think something that still makes me think a lot mm-hmm. and if I haven't done that you know who knows yeah like there's so many what would have been what yeah what would have been yeah right? exactly there was a lot of things in play like it was a chronic kind of you know situation that was yeah. something that you had to go through for a period of time couple you know at least few years yeah um yeah it was just really hard and but you know <clears throat> at the time i had my mom um with me at all times she was like my rock yeah um she threw she was there with the, with me throughout the whole time so thank you mother yeah she's a real g she is a real G. Her. She's a real G. Real G. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, survived that first cancer, osteosarcoma. But back to um, this time, I got diagnosed uh, about two years ago now. Yeah. Um, just before the pandemic. Oh my God. Like, it was my birthday. And then I didn't hear from her for like a month. And I was like, what's going on? This yeah. is not like her. What could she be doing that's she's so busy she can't text back that's weird that Such was off that friend that was off it was i didn't think you were a bad friend at all i was just like i was just it was like it was off it was like mm-hmm. that time where i was late for sushi for four hours oh my god oh, oh yeah you gotta tell that okay. that's another survivor that's another story, story but yes yeah. um like it that's that was that kind of name it was like oh, that's off like i know her for a long time she's this is out but of then i really thought because like this whole COVID thing hit and yeah i could my whole symptoms was like i couldn't breathe mm-hmm. like i had trouble breathing even walking down like a block not even a block even like two steps mm-hmm. i would i would be huffing and puffing and i i couldn't catch my breath i couldn't even come up to my room it was like just like up two steps and no i can't Oh my god. So um I also did the same thing. You know, I did previously. I denied it. I didn't think anything was it. Maybe it was. Uh I just thought maybe I had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um so I went to the ER one night, forced course because who likes going to the doctor by by choice you know yeah, and we're in canada so lineups in the er is no joke it's the worst we're in I, toronto this is big city i literally have care i literally had to stay there overnight it's the worst yeah. the waiting time there nobody you could be bleeding be out and you're still in the waiting room seriously seriously yeah um so yeah this time around i was di- diagnosed with uh stage four metastatic um sarcoma so what they had to do is uh cut open my chest and 
take half of my heart and and replace it with like a like a replacement valve. So okay, so you I have could, an implant. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I'm I'm not doing treatment anymore. I have done six cycles of chemotherapy, um, taking lots of my medication. I am my hair is growing back. I'm yeah. feeling great. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of energy. Um, this time around, I would say I am. It was it was a lonely journey mm-hmm. this time because COVID and my mom wasn't there anymore. I'm an adult now, so yeah. I signed my own freaking forms if I wanted to sign my death away, or you know, yeah. I could have. But, get to the next level kind of thing and you kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i i mean still today like I, it still feels like death but you know mm-hmm. i have my emo days but you know those days come and go um and it's it's really helpful to have a lot of like uh my friends being my support group yeah um I'm not really great with speaking to therapists or psychiatrists yeah, and stuff. Everyone, I don't think. Because I've always been told by my parents to not really tell anybody like my mm-hmm. personal issues or you know me being sick because it's just like tea to them. Like oh, because that's your sick, you know. Mm-hmm. You just it just to me what my parents had told me is like oh, it's like. Like kind of not pity you just don't want them to know it's better for them not to know um so mm-hmm. is that something so they, that you understood they i understood it but at the same time i felt very very like under a rock mm-hmm. and at the time yes i i wanted to be alone because i didn't have the energy i was weak mm-hmm. i had no energy to talk to anybody um I, I felt like talking to a therapist or anyone, they, they wouldn't be able to help me because they don't know what is it like in my shoes unless you've been there, done that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think best bet for me at the time was just to vent to my friends and about my feelings and emotion yeah. while I was trying to survive this, this, um, this round of cancer. Yeah, and to a point, I think that that makes sense what your parents said about, like, you don't have to tell them it's better if they don't know. Because when people care, like your friends do, right, or your family do, it's like it, there's genuine, like, genuine substance to whatever they're going to say. Mm. And if it's not necessary, they, they, they are less likely to say anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's like a protective kind of measure. I think so. I think yeah. it, it was definitely something to protect me on. But also, I, I want to butt in here um, to say that um, I don't know if it's just like my Asian parents or I can speak for all Asians. Mm-hmm. They they have this kind of like pride where it's like if their children is like healthy and has a good career and all that yeah then it's something to talk about but yeah. if your child is sick and all that it's just they cute. don't like yeah. to share that's and they true. think that's you're true. almost like okay maybe i'm not using the right word it's like you're a burden kind or of thing you're like, just... it's like embarrassment mostly it's like it's it's, a, it's about pride and bragging and you know who gets a, most of bragging rights with their offspring kind of thing yeah <laughs> it's a competition yeah <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of 
surviving in that and i think i'm doing a pretty good job I think that that life. itself should be survived. Like that's something that, that survived yeah. too. It's a exactly. lot of criticism. <laughs> it's a lot of detailed criticism. Yeah, tell us the story when you're almost like four or five hours late oh my to that God. sushi meeting. About we that. Were supposed so, to. Okay, so Connie and I were supposed to go to sushi. <laughs> I was like so excited because I, I don't. I it's my love language. Let's go out to eat, kind of thing. Everyone who knows me knows that. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not getting out unless we're eating. I was already on time, you know. I texted this bitch, and I'm like, I'm normally less than 30 minutes late. Okay. Yeah. For the most part, she's for the most part. Yeah. She's always on time. And around that time, it's like, okay, I got into an accident. I got hit by a car. Okay. Yeah, I felt horrible right after. Yeah. (laughs) Really horrible. I literally spammed the shit out of her. Like, I was like, Are you coming? Did you even leave? Oh my god, Janelle. I saw my phone and it was all wrecked. Oh my and goodness! Literally, while I, you were laying on the concrete, I was, on yeah. The, oh my god! Like the next thing I knew, I was on the concrete, and paramedics were coming to get me, and they're like, "Stay awake, stay awake!" And I'm like, "I have to let my friend know that I'm gonna be late to our dinner," and they're like, "One second, honey." You are 20 years old female. Can you repeat that? I'm like, I am 20 year old female. Can I please call work? Tell them I'm going to be late tonight. Forget about work. We're going to save your life. (laughs) So yeah, that's me. Can you please hand me my phone so I can go and let them know that I will be late? Yeah. Well, not knowing if I'm going to die. Okay. Literally an hour later, I get a call from a friend saying... Janelle's in the hospital. I'm like in the station, still waiting. I'm like, what the shit? I was supposed to meet her for dinner. Yeah. So they came and happened. picked me up. Her, she was in the hospital, all scratched up. Um, like half of my face were gone. Yeah. Half of her face. Half of my face. I came in the room crying. Yeah. Because I felt bad, first of all, for spamming her. Like, <laughs> oh my God, Janelle, did you forget? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you alive? Are you kidding me? I felt like the worst person alive. <laughs> I mean, it's all laughs and giggles now, but <laughs> during the time, it was really big. Um, all my friends were there, and they were coming to get me from the hospital, and I was I, I am terrified of hospitals, okay? The only time I've stayed overnight in a hospital was when I gave birth, and I barely wanted to stay. You, sur- you um, actually, <laughs> I was going to say, you survived that. <laughs> I literally, I survived that. Okay. No, I meant you had to stay overnight. With the the hit. the, the hit, hit the hit yeah. no okay yeah when I got hit I was like I'm out of here I hate this place and then my do- my surgeon was cute and I was like oh wait <laughs> let me take a selfie so to this day I have a selfie with him hi daddy <laughs> yeah uh, he's a doctor why are you dumb he's pretty cute he's, he's pretty cute lie. right near death it's like you saved my life oh my god you must be an angel oh my god I was throwing out all my cheesy pickup lines okay. <laughs> And oh my gosh, I was um, at first I was like, oh my god, I like I wake up the ne- next morning and I was like, oh, I must have been so high in morphine, and you guys were telling me what I did, but uh, look at the picture, it wasn't that high. He cute, <laughs> he cute. He was actually pretty good looking. Okay, and her on the other side. <laughs> 
how she it looks gun. so rough. No, but seriously. I in was the picture, up. she was smiling. I was smiling. Like, and yep, that's my my Lord and Savior. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing about me, even if one of my eyes is stitched because it has bled, okay, I can still spot a cutie. Period. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a talent. That is a talent. <laughs> That was my trophy to survive. Oh my goodness! I'm glad you survived that. I and we're so, able to so take glad. a picture with your your um, your surgeon. I love it. <laughs> He's a baddie. Oh my god! <laughs> shout out! <laughs> I don't know his name, but shout out. out! You know who you are. But he was cute. XOXO. 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 Gossip girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think like everyday life, um, we can all call it call um, call it surviving day by day yeah. for sure. Um, I definitely survived a couple of relationships. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's some very some very rocky ones. Yes. Yeah, like I'm I lived with this guy when I was very very young. He was also very young. He was like a year younger than I was. And he was a little bit controlling and he stopped me from work and whatnot. And after the breakup, like he would come drunk and like look for me when I'm off. Also, he wrote really bad reviews whenever I'm on a shift. Like literally just right right what my a work. Guy. Who does uh, that? Just reviews my whatever shift. Like he would know when I'm I will be working for some reason. I don't was know. he trying to get you fired? He's try- definitely trying to get me fired because I had a meeting with HR. Well, and I hope like, he has money to um you period. know support you. No, he just wanted <laughs> me to call him back or whatever. But yeah, I had a meeting with HR and they're like, Janelle, you have a hater. I was like, Yeah. What's new? Hater's gonna hate. Hater's gonna hate. <laughs> yeah. At one point, when I okay, I was in high school in the Philippines. At one point, my family had to donate a can of paint because my the freaking washroom is riddled with my name, Janelle. Okay, here's the remark: Janelle is not a virgin. I was thirteen. Why do you give a fuck about my vagina? What? No, you were that popular. It was cruel. It was a cruelty. Do you know who it was? I don't know who it was. I never knew. And if you're listening to this, haha, in your face. Here I am, donated a can of paint. Actually, they were gonna make me paint it. Why would I paint it? It's my fucking name. What Do you think that? I wrote that? No. Why Have some common sense. Say, why would you write Janelle is a fucking? Uh, yeah, it's fucking whole. Like, why? Why would you say that? No, exactly. obviously it's not me. Are you trying to get yourself exposed? Exactly. Can you look at my handwriting? Let's do a little bit of investigation here, okay? Mm. Before you make me do manual labor. You Thank don't you. even have like an idea who was a hater. I had no idea. Everyone was my friend to my face. Wow, they're fake. <laughs> it was rough. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes educational system has something that you have to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get an amen to everyone who can relate? Surviving toxic guys for sure. Not even just like the people you you've had relationship with. Just the toxic guys. Yeah, I had a couple friendship that was toxic to or me. Or friendship, too. yeah. Yeah, like I think that I got rid of well, as I got older, I got, you know, a little bit more um sensitive towards what they say and kind of like how um they make me feel. Like, you know, right. Kind of thing and what they say like usually it's um like sometimes like people have a secret you know competition with you and you don't even know until or they copy everything you do and you don't even notice until someone points it out right right and right. it's like red flag 
red flag. Check out our red flag uh, podcast. Oh my god, that was a good one. Right. <laughs> have you rated it? I, I haven't. So I am thinking, oh my god. You know, you're going to be your, your fan too. Yeah. I'm a fan that's of like, myself and our podcast. That's a great idea. I haven't thought of that. Five um, stars. I should. I should five star it. It's not five star if you listen to this. Or else. Or else. We're going to have to survive me. Or you're going <laughs> to. Yeah, she's going to survive. Oh my god, that was like a COVID cough. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, sure. I'm like looking at your notes. I'm like, okay, what do I have next? <clears throat> Getting to an act. Oh, postpartum depression. Postpartum oh. depression was uh, that was that was a big one for me. Giving birth alone is like giving birth alone. It was soft compared to the the postpartum depression. I would say because giving birth like you have nurses There's survivorship right there. Yeah, baby. for sure. Like you have. I had nurses while giving birth. I had anesthesiologists. You know, I had morphine on a click click. You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not like a recommendation, but yeah, I had that, and yeah, yeah. I felt like I was crawling through the mud. You were saying how your first pregnancy was the the hardest for you, right? Would I you mean, say, um, in a way that I didn't really know what to expect, and everything was unexpected, and I had Nyla pretty much. I had my second one. Um, but were you at like after. any risk? Because I know some. Uh, no, I was not in any risk on oh. the first one. On the first one, I was not in any risk. I had some, you know, depression, which was a little bit common because you know I was young. I was twenty when I first had my, my my firstborn. Twenty, twenty-one, around that. He's a couple days before my birthday, so it was like a sudden shock of just responsibility, which was normal, but. It went away after a couple, you know, couple weeks, couple months. With my second one is when it was really, really hard because I pretty much had no freedom at all, and I love my freedom. Okay, I love night outs. I love sleeping in. That's mm. my therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I didn't get any of that for the period for you know two year period. It was I was struggling for right. sure. Right, like mental health wise, I was struggling. Definitely, it, yeah. it takes a big toll. Yeah. Also, I moved, right? So I was I wasn't around my friends and my family. So it's pretty isolating for me. Yeah, that must have been really hard. Yeah, I think that was the hardest. Would you? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad your your children now are healthy and and growing. For sure. I'm glad you survived, bitch. I'm glad oh, you're thank alive you. and you're freaking talking. Like, thank we're you. Finally, here. Yeah, <laughs> we're finally doing this podcast that we've been talking about for years. Honestly. Honestly. And we survived this podcast episode. And thank you for surviving and listening to this podcast. Welcome yes. back and stay tuned for our next segment. And keep surviving. Ciao. I like the one.